Well, good morning and welcome to our online uh, service this morning on Sunday the 14th of June. Uh, and a special welcome if you're joining us online for the first time or you're just touching base with us. Uh, do follow some of our links, look at our website and uh, find out a little bit about what we're doing. And uh, please do enjoy, uh, invite, make yourself known to us uh, and we'll see how it goes. As you can see, it's not very professional, uh, but we're, we're a sort of a friendly bunch. So do let us know uh, how you're sort of finding things are going and if there's anything we can do. Uh, to help you. Uh, just a couple of little bits of housekeeping for the regulars. Um, uh, this evening on our online I Wonder service uh, Bible study tonight, uh, David Poulter will be um, opening up with uh, our studies through the uh, powerful little book of Galatians about what does, what do the promises, I wonder what the promises of God look like uh, when they take shape in us. How can it transform us? So that's a very powerful opportunity this evening uh, and the other thing is that tomorrow that's Monday the 15th uh, we will be able to open St John's Church on the main road in Southbourne for private prayer and how it's going to run is that we're going to start Monday to Wednesday 9 to 12 in the mornings uh, and of course chairs have been laid out uh, socially distanced so they're two meters apart in pairs so you don't have to come on your own uh, if you've got somebody from your own household um, and there's anti-back and uh, please do uh, make sure that you hand sanitize and stuff as you go and please follow the directions and uh, make it safe for everybody uh, an opportunity I hope uh, for people to pray somewhere else or at least feel um, that they can be sort of out and in somewhere that's uh, quiet and has been prayed in I wrote in uh, yesterday's update I think that we need to remember that the um, the disciples at Pentecost when the spirit came he filled the room and then them uh, and don't don't be afraid to sort of come and find somewhere where God may well be. So do please do that, but do take care. Uh, and there are some pretty sort of clear guidelines about what you can do. It is for prayer. Okay, so bless you. And I hope to find you uh, in there or be in and out during those mornings as well. Let's begin our time together uh, by focusing on God's word. Uh, great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is beyond all searching out. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. What a wonderful time, what a wonderful thing to be thinking about. God's mighty acts which are drawing us closer to him in salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we join together this morning, uh, all in our different houses, we're reminded that we are your one church and that we are called together by the Lord Jesus Christ to be his people. So we pray this morning we would be focused on him, uh, the things that he calls us to be, uh, by your word and by your spirit. Amen. The New Testament reading is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. Godlessness in the last days. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into homes, 
and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men opposed the truth, men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far, because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So um, thank you very much, Mel, for reading. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to look at in this quite tricky little passage, I just wanted to focus, uh, I suppose, if you take a nugget out of that little chunk of that chapter in 2 Timothy 3, uh, the word lovers, the words lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Uh, I think that's possibly sort of the identifying characteristic that Paul is trying to get at here. Uh, so let's think for a moment there. I wonder what you are making of the world around us at the moment. It seems to be, uh, everything seems to be turned on its head. It, we've got all sorts of things going on. Some of them we ought to be afraid of and, and be careful about, uh, like uh, coronavirus and how we look after one another. But we also have to recognise that as a society, maybe as a world, uh, as a human race, we haven't looked out and given that kind of genuine care uh, for other people. And I, I, I do appeal uh, for us to sort of lift our hearts uh, and prayer for those involved in Black Lives Matter and our part in that. I think it's uh, it can be challenging for us. Uh, it can be very challenging for us. It can be very frightening for us. Um, but sometimes it's also it's overdue. Uh, we need to be dealing with We need to be confronting some of these things. And, and I'm glad to hear the church speaking into these situations. People better qualified than myself uh, to, to speak about these issues. And I think that's really helpful. Uh, and, and I do pray for them and wish them uh, well and support them in, in the ways that we can in our, in our little part of the world. Uh, because we can't ignore that these are important issues and we shouldn't pretend. Uh, that we can do nothing and that we affect nobody but ourselves. We, we all have a part uh, to play. And yet at the same time, I find myself a little bit embarrassed, you know, that some of these, some of these statues and some of these figures that uh, you know, we have stood up and they stand in places where you may, have, you may have been educated or you may have learned or you may have worshipped. Uh, uh, and yet they, they also appear to be, you know, symbols of his, our historic oppression and obviously in particular uh, with respect to uh, our history in slavery, and I think that's a, a terrible thing. And what, what, what's difficult for us, I suppose, is that I suspect that some of these people, many of these great figures, were considered to be fine, upstanding men and women, particularly men, aren't they, uh, in their communities and amongst their families, and perhaps even in their churches, that actually, you know, what, what we have to confront is that these were basically good people, um, on, the, on the face of it but when you dig down uh, what, what they were talking about really didn't travel uh, beyond their church walls or their community they were perhaps not quite as whole uh, as we would want us to be ourselves to be in, in Christ is it so it's uncomfortable uh, to confront this and although we remember uh, that this was the time when William Wilberforce struck out uh, and, and did uh, campaign vigorously uh, we also rec <laughs> we also reckon that History shows that that was just the beginning and we've still got a long way to go.
But the other thing is that we want to have around us positive images, don't we? We don't want to be reminded of things that were very difficult, where things that were oppressive and unhelpful. Uh, and and I wonder how that makes us feel as well. It's uh, we when we see these statues of people who may have had mixed motives, who were taking with one hand. Uh, more than they were giving away with another, then uh, you, it does make you sort of question some of the things that we accept as being important. Uh, and it's also important, isn't it, that this younger generation just started with a, a, a psalm about one generation will pass on to another. What do we want to pass on uh, to the next generation? What do we want to uh, people to know? What do they want to know about us? How did we shape the world uh, around us? Because they need positive role models. And there's so much turbulence and change. Goodness me, where are they going to look to for help and guidance and inspiration? I love that word, inspiration. The root of it is that the inspiration comes from somebody who is filled with God's spirit. It's, 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 a, it's a godly thing to be inspired or truly inspired anyway. So it's important. So when we look at this passage, we are looking at that kind of distinction, aren't we? People who you aspire to be like and people that actually you'd rather not have around, you'd rather not remember. Uh, and that's quite an interesting find. I, I don't plan these things but um, at all. Um, but um, it's interesting to find ourselves looking at that kind of distinction, isn't it? And it's a bit of a slap in the face. It's a reality check for us uh, as the church. What are, we, what are we talking about? What are we offering? Uh, uh, and how can we check as a church that our priorities are clear? So have a look at this little passage. If you've got um, 2 Timothy chapter 3 open in front of you, that would be helpful. Uh, and Paul's continuing in his letter to Timothy, and he begins with this little phrase, doesn't he, in this paragraph, mark this. You know, so pay attention, Timothy. Uh, there will be terrible times in the last days. I think theologically we all know that these are sort of the last days between Jesus' ascension and his return. So that's, that's quite a big thing. I'm not going to put a date on that. Uh, we don't have to worry about that so much. But Paul foresaw, even in his letter to Timothy, even from his prison cell, that the church would become compromised by people who looked authentic, who looked like the real deal, uh, but whose motives were actually quite selfish. And you can read for yourselves how the different sorts of ways they try to inveigle themselves into people's lives, into their homes, uh, for their own personal gain, their career gain, uh, and their material gain. You know, because in this is a that's a culture like ours where you needed to garner support to progress. So you could see people sort of saying, "Oh, here's a ladder. I can try and climb this one." You know, other ones maybe have been closed off to me, but here's a group of people who seem easy to to sort of convince of things. And it's important. Paul uses the word gullible. You know, we don't want to be gullible. We want to be sure about the priorities of those who are uh, that we're around. So it's important. And it must have saddened Paul because if you read the book of Acts, you'd know that he knelt, uh, he knelt in tears, warning uh, the Ephesian church leaders that wolves would come amongst them and, and, and devour them. And... And so here he is writing to Timothy, preparing him for something that he really knew was coming, but would much rather didn't happen, I suppose. And when we read that list, it's just not a pleasant list of characteristics at all, is it? I mean, it's not got a particular order like a set of virtues, as some of the Greeks, Greek letters wrote and as Paul copies elsewhere. But it's a list of things we all really hope we, are not, we do not become. And we all hope that we would not be identified as. I would be thoroughly ashamed to be thought to be more than one of them. I'll sign up to being rash 
Uh, but, but that's a horrible list. None of us would want to be thought of as that. Oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, the brutal. Well, that's horrible, isn't it? Is that an epitaph or is that something we would want uh, written or thought of of us? Of course not. Of course not. So what does Paul sort of point the finger at? How does he say, Timothy, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to think about. Where do we spot these mistakes? And the heart, <laughs> unfortunately, it's the heart, which is so often the cause of so much of our trouble. Um, it's the things they love themselves, money and pleasure. And they take over, they supersede their love for good and ultimately their love for God. They choose pleasures and themselves over God. And those are things that are going to help us get to the heart of this matter, aren't they? If these people will not love good, they will decry uh, virtue, they will uh, eschew and shun spiritual growth. Uh, and, and even though they appear pious and, and very holy and very thoughtful, uh, we can all fake that face. Oh, yes, I think that, yeah, yeah, that's easy to do. But their actions will be very worldly. Their actions will be uh, very straightforward and obvious to see. Paul even says, you know, it's almost transparent. But they will laugh at self-control and they will consider self-sacrificing for good to be foolish. And they will twist even what the word good means and deny the transforming power of God. Isn't that an interesting thing to be reading so soon after Pentecost? Yeah, where God's transforming power was, was, was the thing that brought the church to life. And yet here we're reading about people who say, no, you don't need to do that. What you need to do is follow these things and do this and do that. Uh, and, that's, and that's how it works out. But loving good is to love doing the sort of thing that God would do for someone. Doing the sort of thing that God would do for someone. To treat somebody how Jesus would. That's how the church should be known. Are we known for those sorts of things? And I'm, I'm encouraged to see so much uh, generosity and kindness coming out of St John's at the moment. And it's, and, and it's important at this time. And so that's a good thing. But let's remind ourselves that we're to love good because we love God. Loving for love for God is the crunch point of this, isn't it? It's the kindnesses of God that lead to salvation. That's the way he draws us in. They're not an end to themselves. They're part of um, him knowing us more and us knowing him uh, more. Jesus prayed that we would know the joy of being loved by God when we loved one another. That God is in inherently and intimately part of our relationship with him so spending time asking ourselves spending time speaking with God spending time resting in God's kindness and his goodness and his love for us is actually an important feature of who we are it actually that's what shapes us that's our reflection on on who we are in the light of his love for us and his relationship with us is, is so important. It's not something we can box up and, and, and represent every time. It's something that's ongoing. It's transforming. It's powerful. It's alive. It's growing in us. It's, it's God's life in us. And that's what we're to be known for. Lovers of God. People who love God and in whom God lives. 
sometimes I think we're probably if we're honest um, church land makes things all these things seems quite confusing and, and I know for myself I often find myself talking about things that actually are not what the person asking a question has wanted to know but you know we can talk about a love of worship or church buildings or healing or a particular kind of prayer or mission or miracle uh, mission events and miracles or healing and other all these sorts of things but our root is our relationship with God were we lovers of God that's what Jesus is interested in and that's what actually the world is interested in we may excel in these areas we may be wonderfully experienced and well read in them but Jesus wants us wants to know if we're the kinds of people who want to know him that's how we change the world that's how we stand out Timothy's called to stand out have nothing to do with people who, who, who've got mixed motives and who, who don't actually uh, stand up for what they you know, what they believe in that they're, they're all for don't have anything to do with them don't be confused actually be the kind of person who is known for loving God be the kind of person in whom God lives and people can see it that's the essential thing that's what people need to see if we're looking for a, we're looking to present to a world hopeful and wonderful things to look forward to and aspire towards then a group of people who in whom God lives and who love God uh, would be wonderful that's what he's calling for so our opportunity what we have the chance to do from now on and we have been uh, our opportunity for the world around us is for each of us to be someone who stands out for loving God someone in whom God really and powerfully lives those are the sorts of people that need to be in the world for the world to look at and say yes yes I need to follow that I want to know them because they know God then the world will see and know as we surround them in God's goodness and love shall we pray my God for love of you I desire to hate and forsake sin by which I have displeased you and I resolve by the help of your grace and in the power of your spirit to commit them no more and to avoid all opportunity of sin help me to do this so that I may reflect your glory through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen and may God, who loved the world so much, he sent his Son to be our Saviour, forgive us our sins, and make us holy to serve him in the world, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our grace and peace to you. We join together in the Apostles' Creed to remind us to go out and be the people he's called us to be. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The opening verses of today's reading from Timothy speak of a society so similar to ours, where materialism and commercialism are people's idols. Help us to look to you, Lord, and follow your example and live a Christ-like life. May the peace of God surround us as we join with one another to offer you our prayers today. Help each one of us to put aside our worries and concerns and be thankful in the knowledge that you love us and care for all our needs. You are present with us now in our homes, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. Lord God, we offer you our praise as we look around your world and witness you at work in the creation of the earth, sea and sky, and in every living creature. You are worthy to be praised, and we know that your promises are true. And we are only glimpsing a taste of the glory of your majesty, which will be revealed to us when you come to reign in glory. Lord God, we thank you for your faithfulness to each one of us. Although at present we are unable to worship together, bind us together in your love and keep us true to one another in faith, love and hope. Lord Jesus, you prayed that your people would be one. Forgive us, Lord, and take away all that hinders the unity of your church. Break down the walls that separate us and unite us with bonds of love by the power of your spirit. Heal the divisions within your church. We pray for our fellowship at St John's for our leaders, for Matt, for Mike, for David, and for all who aid us in your worship. And Lord, we pray for those who are sharing the love of Jesus in the local community by delivering food, helping with shopping, and collecting medication. May their love of you be reflected in their faces and touch the lives of those they are serving in your name. Over this last week, we have witnessed violence, hatred and discord in our cities. We know all violence grieves you, Lord. You created a wonderful diversity of peoples and prejudice is a great sin and a sign of brokenness within our society. Forgive us, Lord, heal our land, and may we honour and respect our neighbour. We pray for all in leadership roles within our government, that they might be men and women who are seeking the right way forward for our nation as we come out of lockdown. We pray that the decisions they make will be the right ones 
for the good and long-term well-being of all citizens. We pray for our young people, for those attending school and those who are having to continue with home teaching. We pray that they will all manage to engage with their lessons and look forward to returning to the classroom in September where safety measures will hopefully be in place. We also pray for many people whose lives have been drastically changed in the last three months. Those who are facing financial ruin or who have been made redundant. Help them to be able to put their trust in you and look to a future with hope and not despair. Finally, Lord, we bring to you those of our St John's family who need your healing of mind, body, spirit. We pray this morning for Rosamond Burton, for John Exire, for Roy Lewin and Joyce Titheridge, Linda's mother. May they know that you are looking over them that they are in your care, Lord. Lord, we pray that you will accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I look forward to seeing you at coffee, uh, either after this time together or on Wednesday morning, or maybe even uh, tune in for our, our Bible study tonight. God bless.